Hello, everyone. This is Rasa with a favor to ask before we start the show. If you love listening to You Must Know Everything as much as we love making it, please recommend it to a friend, family member, coworker, classmate, teacher, babysitter, anyone and everyone in your circle and beyond. Word of mouth recommendations like yours make the biggest difference. And one more thing. We now have a You Must Know Everything online store with amazing and exclusive t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs, including, of course, kid sizes. Please follow the store link on our website, youmustknoweverything.com, to check it out, show your support, and spread the love that way, too. Thanks so much, and on with the show. Hello, Rasa. Hi, Dad. How are you today? I am fantastic. Are you ready to have your brain filled with everything? I am ready to have knowledge funneled through my ears. Excellente. Let's do it. Today, I want to share a simple trick for becoming a much better cook and eating tastier and more varied dishes. Ooh, tell me more. This is the trick. Cook backwards. What? Most people when they first learn to cook, do so by copying a friend or family member. Rob's omelets, Carol's pancakes, mom's biscuits, dad's chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> then, to get better, you start looking up and following recipes. This is great practice, but soon people run into two big issues. What? Well, the first is they look up a recipe for what they want to make and realize they don't have some of the main ingredients. Buttermilk, pancetta, paprika, lemongrass. So they have to stop, get in a car, go to the supermarket, shop, spend money, and drive back before they can even begin. The second issue is even more fundamental. The only recipes they know to look up are dishes they've already eaten or heard of. They're limited by their experience. They learn a few recipes this way, but soon they get in a rut. The same two or three dishes, day after day, night after night. They're stuck, but they can get unstuck by going backwards. What do you mean? Instead of deciding what you want to cook, and then looking up a recipe, and then going out and shopping for those ingredients, start with the shopping. Buy or grow whatever ingredients are freshest and most interesting to you. Then go to the back of your cookbooks, the index, and look up recipes that use those ingredients. Oh, can you give me an example? Yes. We live near an awesome local farm. In the fall, we buy 50 pounds of potatoes from the farmer, Greg. We sure do. They're fresh, they're local, and they store great all winter. But what should we cook with them? Well, the old way of cooking, we'd be stuck with what we know. We won't have to shop but it'd be the same potato dishes almost everyone knows. French fries, mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, all good, but after a few nights, a little boring. Now try the backward method instead. Here, I've got six cookbooks. Open them up, look up potatoes in the index, and see what it offers. Potato enchiladas, potato mole, pickled potatoes. Potato croquettes, potato gratin, Potato pancakes. Luckies. 
curried scalloped potatoes with coconut milk, potato peanut stew, potatoes with chili garlic oil, potato pumpkin mash, potatoes and red penne, potato vegetable tagine, potato dough ravioli, potato gnocchi, potato dumplings, potato galette, potato roasty, potato donuts. That's 18 new potato dishes from appetizers to entrees, salads to soups to, yes, desserts. Only maybe half we've ever heard of. But because we know we have the essential ingredient and we know it's the highest quality, they're likely going to be easy to make and they're definitely going to taste amazing. That's the cooking backward method. Ingredient first, back of the cookbook, the index second, recipe last. Fresher, easier, tastier, and far more interesting. Cooking backwards, you never know what you're going to get, but you always know you can't lose. I like it. I'll try it. And as long as we're going backwards, can we start with dessert? Are you ready for today's poem? Yes, I am. It's called A Memory of the Future by Elizabeth Spires. Ooh, sounds mysterious. I will say tree, not pine tree. I will say flower, not forsythia. I will see birds, many birds, flying in four directions. Then rock and cloud will be lost. Spring will be lost. And most terribly, your name will be lost. I will revel in a world no longer particular, a world made vague as if by fog, but not fog. Vaguely aware, I will wander at will. I will wade deeper into wide water. You'll see me there, out by the horizon, an old gray thing who finally knows gray is the most beautiful color. Mm-hmm. Wow, I really like that poem. May I read it? Yes. Memory of the Future by Elizabeth Spires. I will say tree, not pine tree. I will say flower, not forsythia. I will see birds, many birds, flying in four directions. Then rock and cloud will be lost. Spring will be lost. And most terribly, your name will be lost. I will revel in a world no longer particular. A world made vague, as if by fog, but not fog. Vaguely aware, I will wander at will. I will wade deeper into wide water. You'll see me there, out by the horizon. An old gray thing who finally knows. Gray is the most beautiful color. Wow. I was really moved when I was reading it to you, but I'm even more moved with you reading it to me. (laughs) Do you understand what's happening to the person in this poem? Maybe is she getting older and losing her memory? I think you've got that exactly right. So instead of knowing the names for the different kinds of trees, they all just become tree. Flowers, they become flowers. Flowers. 
birds all just are birds. And finally, even things like rock and cloud and the names of her child or her parent are lost. Everything goes foggy or gray. Then she says she knows that gray is the most beautiful color. Yeah. There's an innocence in ignorance. There's a sadness we have at the loss. But maybe when all the labels go away and everything becomes combined into a kind of gray, we feel connected to everything. I don't know. That's one theory. What do you think it means? I agree. This person's memory is starting to go away. But that just makes everything more important and connected. And meanwhile, it hasn't happened yet. What's the title of this poem? A Memory of the Future. So the author is saying, this is going to happen to me. I'm anticipating the future, and she's calling it a memory. I think one thing that the poem's doing is it's also helping appreciate the things we have now. Sometimes we have this terrible thing where we only appreciate the different names and colors and relationships once they're gone. Yeah. So we can appreciate all the colors that we have, even though we know eventually they do fade to gray. We can have a memory for the future inspired by hers. Yes, we can. And in honor of this poem, can you forget to make me do my laundry? Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes, I do. My vexing question is, when did people start cooking as a profession? It seems like cooking has been around for a really long time. And a lot of people do it as a job. But when did that start? Wow. Great question. Let me do some research and get back to you soon. Sounds good. And I've got the answer to your vexing question. Preparing food to eat by cooking it has a very long history. The oldest archaeological evidence is a million years ago. The development of agriculture about 10,000 years ago led to many new food ingredients, cooking techniques, and the first professional cooks who worked for soldiers, common people, and kings and queens. While cooking is ancient and cooks are longstanding, Chefs are much more recent. The title is only a few hundred years old and comes from the word chief or head of a team of cooks at restaurants. Places you can order food from another recent invention, the menu, instead of just eating whatever the cook where you are makes. The name of the owner of the first French restaurant is thought to be Boulanger, with another early chef, Beauviers, credited as being one of the most beloved. After he died, some compared his genius with Leonardo da Vinci's and said of his pioneering cookbook, The Art of the Chef, quote, he not only benefited mankind by his practice, but left golden maxims behind him for their future happiness. <laughs> Pretty good for a cookbook, right? Yeah. You're the author, but I know if I got that review, I'd be as happy as if I ate a hundred chocolate croissants. You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, youmustknoweverything.com. 
Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Android, Spotify, or however you like to listen, and hear dozens of previous episodes for free. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know.